This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. the Archdiocese of Baltimore, the impact of poverty, violence, poor health care, lack of education, addiction, and not see the presence of the Archdiocesan Charities Agency. It's the third largest Catholic Charities Agency in the country, despite Baltimore, with about 505,000 Catholics not being among even the top 25 dioceses based on the number of Catholics. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio, and this week we'll be talking with Catholic Charities of Baltimore Executive Director Bill McCarthy for our wide-ranging discussion about the work and impact of the agency, which marks its centennial year in 2023. The problems that face the poor and needy in the Archdiocese of Baltimore are not intractable, McCarthy says, and in fact they energize the leaders, staff, and volunteers for Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities of Baltimore has been around for 100 years. What have you accomplished and what are you hoping to accomplish? That's a great question question, Chris. You know, I start, it's a hundred years since Archbishop Michael Curley brought the service and mission of the church and our different ministries under one roof under Associated Catholic Charities. But as you know, the work goes back to 1792 when Bishop John Carroll, you know, directed parishes to use one-third of their receipts for the care for the poor. So I I reflect on um, this hundred years um, in, in quite a beautiful way. So in the mid-1800s, uh, there were 22 orphanages in Baltimore for care for children and how we supported families. And then um, some of those orphanages um, still existed in the early 20s as well. And obviously over time, the need for orphanages changed, but care for children became, were, was absolutely critical. So the St. Vincent's Villa you see today isn't the same as the St. Vincent's Orphan Asylum uh, that existed back in the 1850s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is, you know, providing love, loving care uh, to children in need. And um, we're so very proud of that work. Um, I think of our journey as both meeting the present needs of our neighbors and anticipating and seeking uh, what's next. We've also been very good and disciplined around as we look to explore what's next or what are the emerging needs of our community and people. We discern as to who is able or are the current needs being able to be met by others. Mm-hmm. And as that takes place, uh, we, we have changed uh, as well and, and transitioned from certain programs uh, to others. Um, so the centennial, I, I think about, um, I, I look at it in decades, from the 20s to 30s to the 40s to mm-hmm. the 50s. And then our emergence uh, of our community-based programs in the 60s and the 70s. And 1981 was a big year for Catholic Charities in both that Our Daily Bread opened 
at the corner of Franklin mm -hmm. and Cathedral Street. And we also constructed, began constructing our first senior housing building, which was Basilica Place on Franklin Street. Mm -hmm. And you know, today we have 24 senior communities and 2,000 apartments, you know, serving our older neighbors with limited resources. We have 3,000 people on a waiting list. So what started with one gesture in 1981, and now, you know, uh, have senior communities not just in Baltimore, but um, all the way as far as out as Grantsville in Garrett County. So I'm really, I reflect on that journey. You know, as in addition to housing for seniors, I think about um, how do we keep our older neighbors, you know, living in community. So part of what we're excited about now is we're part of this community coalition to bring a PACE program uh, to West Baltimore, a program for all-inclusive care for the elderly. That's what PACE mm -hmm. stands for. So the idea of PACE is to allow people to live independently in community as long as possible. So being in that partnership allows us to extend our reach, not just housing people, uh, or housing older neighbors, but providing in-home and other resources to meet their needs. I also look at the rich history of St. Elizabeth's in terms of long-term care uh, for our older neighbors who can't stay at home, and Caritas House, our assisted living community, and St. Anne's Adult Day, all of which evolved over this time uh, to, to meet our, our older neighbors where they are and to meet their needs and the needs of their families. So that's like just one area or one journey I think about, and I think about what's next. You'll see more programs like the PACE program. Um, you'll see more uh, parish engagement around um, trauma-informed care, mental health first aid, and things like that that we can all be on the lookout for uh, the needs of people and the needs of our neighbors. You know, Catholic Charities, we identify a lot with direct care you know, just directly serving people who are in need. Mm. But a lot of the work you do is also based at trying to solve the systemic problems that cause this. How do you balance that? That's a great, uh, a great question, and you're exactly right. I, I think we do many things at many levels at the same time. We address the immediate needs of people. Uh, we advocate for and address um, the structural and institutional causes of the challenges that our neighbors are facing by both um, developing innovative programs that look at problems differently and by advocating for policy changes at the local, state, and national level. And we've been quite successful in that. Uh, I think we are a leader in trying things and innovating programs that really have incredible outcomes that are replicable and could be transferred not just across the Baltimore City and nine counties we serve, but across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, our Daily Bread, for example, which started, you know, with the Sisters of Divine Providence handing out sandwiches in the alley next to the Basilica out of the mm -hmm. convent. Uh, then we moved to a meals program at the corner of Franklin and Cathedral. And now our Daily Bread Employment Center is a comprehensive resource center to meet the needs of people in crisis and people living in poverty. The meal is the invitation today. Mm -hmm. The meal isn't the service. 
but then you have case management, employment, access to health care, housing, uh, and other services uh, that people need under one roof there. And you have consistently served meals, hot meal every day, yeah, throughout so, everything for how long now? So 41 years, not that we're counting, more than, <laughs> yes, four, <you> than <laughs> 14,000 uninterrupted days and nearly 8 million meals just in that one dining room. And that's been through snow and rain yeah, and blizzards, pandemic. Rays, and uh, pandemic, a gas explosion, um, yeah, uh, uh, everything. And the beauty of that is it's both engaging because it takes 35 volunteers a day uh, for the our daily bread dining room to, to work and so I call it it's 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 not just my colleagues but it's our neighbors serving neighbor and um, it's it's really you know Matthew 25 at work when you look at the the hundred years that that you're that you've been doing it and Catholic Charities of Maryland is the second largest. The third, the third largest. Third largest in the country. country. Yeah. Okay. But it's the largest non-governmental provider in the state, right? Yes, we are. And we're certainly not the third largest archdiocese in the country. No, um, certainly not. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I reflect on our history. And prior, you know, really back at the beginning, you know, it was our, we, we, we stand on the shoulders of parishes. We stand on the, the, the shoulders of the orders of religious sisters that started this work. Um, and I think we had this view that we needed to meet the needs of people regardless of what those needs were. If there were unmet needs and others were not doing it, we would step up to help address those mm -hmm. needs. And I think it starts with that view of our roles, our role as Catholics, as our role as neighbor, our role as parishioner, that we, we took that view. And we had this fearless intensity about how we go about it so as you know chris you know we're one of the largest providers of services to our new neighbors in the immigrant community uh in 1977 when we, individuals with intellectual children with intellectual disabilities were being deinstitutionalized we stepped up and said we can provide a loving home uh, compassionate services to help the to help individuals with intellectual disabilities achieve their God-given potential and that's what Gallagher services is today I think about our work with with children and families um, through different cycles of challenges whether it's the opioid crisis for example where we decided that in addition to mental health services we were gonna provide substance use treatment services because they were lacking and not done both uh, consistently accessible or in a way that's both um, the quality of that service uh, wasn't uh, meeting the dignity and respect that every person uh, deserves. 
so I think those those are just great examples. After the break, we'll talk some more with Executive Director of Catholic Charities, Bill McCarthy. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Review Radio. Hi, this is Father Tom Yale of Blessed Sacrament Parish in Alexandria, Virginia. I want to fire you up for the March 1st, 2023 Top Golf Fundraiser with WMET 1160 AM. I participated in the first ever event. Let me tell you, it was a ton of fun. My parishioners came with me and sponsored me in the $25,000 hole-in-one prize. I love Catholic radio, and we need to do all we can to keep it on air so Catholics have a voice in the public square. The bottom line is this, Top Golf is a fun way to save souls. All you need to do is show up. My brother priests, please join us for the prizes and a chance to compete with your parishioners. You'll want your team's name on that trophy. Please visit grnonline.com. Click on events. That's grnonline.com. GRN is radio for your soul. And I assure you after this family fun night, every soul in your family will be better off for this good work. God bless you. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. The Archdiocese of Baltimore held its annual Faith in Baltimore gathering January 17th at Mercy High School, where it honored Annette March Greer for her decades of caring for those in need of grief support services. As president and co-founder of Roberta's House, a family grief support center in East Baltimore that offers free care for those of all ages, March Greer's work has touched tens of thousands of city residents over more than 30 years, starting in the days when she would visit parishes and community centers to help those who are hurting after the loss of a loved one. March Greer, a parishioner of St. Anne in East Baltimore, who was also a registered nurse, says she became attuned to the grief of others while growing up the daughter of her late parents, William and Julia Roberta March, after whom Roberta's house is named. March Greer's parents opened March Funeral Home in 1957 at the same North Avenue location where Roberta's house has stood since January 2021. Now, with numerous funeral homes in Baltimore and Washington, D.C. and Richmond, Virginia, March Funeral Homes is one of the largest family-owned and operated African-American funeral businesses in the country. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. Interreligious dialogue can combat climate change by tapping into the profound richness of faith traditions to promote a sense of ecological responsibility and conversion, according to Pope Francis. Welcoming a delegation of Cambodian Buddhists to the Vatican January 19th, the Pope called for dialogue at all levels to seek solutions for repairing the broken relationship between humanity and nature. This, however, cannot take place without a change of heart, vision, and practice, he noted. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. We're back on Catholic Review Radio talking with Bill McCarthy, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Baltimore, about the agency's 100th anniversary, which is being celebrated in 2023. You talk about all these things you're doing, and I know, go back to Scripture, and the Lord said, the poor we will always have with us. And it seems like Sometimes what you're doing is just a drop in the bucket, that there's, that there's still squeegee kids out on the street. There's still 
you know, homeless people living on the corners. There's, you know, the, the people set up in the median on Martin Luther King Boulevard just with tents. And how do you feel like you're making a difference when you still see all that happening? Yeah, well, I, I think we start at every, every entrance to every program of ours, there's a sign that says cherishing the divine within all. Mm-hmm. So it starts with that individual person. And at Catholic Charities, we have more than a million encounters with people in our programs every year. And people are being helped. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to viewing problems as intractable or people as problems, we see people as individuals in need of our love, care, and support. And so for every person that we journey with, that life has become better for, or they've seen the light or achieved their potential, that's a victory. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I often ask the question the opposite way. What would our community be like if Catholic Charities wasn't here? And I can't even imagine it. I'm just in awe of, of the work. It's not just that we're doing at Catholic Charities, it's our community partners. It's our nearly 10,000 volunteers. So everybody, you know, is part of this movement. And I think we're bringing people together. I think we're a great unifier. And you work with, obviously, civic and governmental agencies. And you work with other charitable agencies. You know, how does all that partnership work? Yeah, I think what what it starts with is people with a, a commitment, a shared commitment to serve. And... We all serve differently. We all um, have uh, different, you know, capacities, strengths, um, challenges, uh, but we're all eager to learn. So we all start from the same place of encounter and accompaniment, and it's mm-hmm. it's 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 how we move forward. The Archbishop has often talked about the fact that it's not a matter of whether the church will be present, you know, especially in the city, but elsewhere around Maryland, but how. And he always talks about that being kind of a three-pronged stool of church, education, healthcare, and you know, charitable efforts. You're in all those places where we need to be. How do you sustain that over the years without getting too far spread out? Yeah, it's constantly reassessing um, you know, what, what you're doing, what's relevant, what's impactful, and what perhaps has run its course or what others are doing that could supplant you in that space. That's a very disciplined approach mm-hmm. as, as we look at those things. You know, Archbishop Laurie's been just an incredible uh, leader and partner in our work and as we thought about things. Mm-hmm. An example of being present uh, comes to mind after the Freddie Gray unrest mm-hmm. in 2015. What I remember is after that was walking in Sandtown with the Archbishop around St. Peter Claver and up on North Avenue. Yeah. So that's part of your stool of how is the mm-hmm. church present? Um, if the church is going to be present in many different ways based on what the, what the needs are, mm-hmm. uh, what the opportunities are, and how we're able to prioritize those needs and opportunities with the community. Years ago, you spent, what was it, a month living on basically a poverty poverty level yeah, trying to... to I, I did the food stamp challenge. Yeah. Yeah. How did that kind of thing affect 
what has come since then in, in your leadership of charities and in the, the things you've done? Yeah, so that's just one example of trying to walk in the shoes of our neighbors. From that, it was very humbling, even though I lived on the food stamp subsidy, mm -hmm. which at the time was $21. Mm -hmm. Unlike many of our neighbors, I had a car so I could drive to Walmart. Right. I wasn't relying on the corner bodega or I didn't have to take a bus to the grocery store. I didn't have to choose between uh, eating or shelter yeah. or clothing my children. So I think those reflections realized that and that led to policy change. We, mm -hmm. We've advocated for and we're able to increase the food stand subsidy. Uh, we're advocated for and increased access to health care. We continue to advocate for more equitable transportation, which was exposed even great, more greatly during the pandemic. Um, so I think it, that lived experience, although as small as it was, you know, opened my eyes to what more needed to be done and still needs to be done. And our team is just doing a great job on that. You know, and it also helps me talk about it and dispel uh, the perception in many uh, that these programs, you know, are rift with fraud mm -hmm. or an, are, are enriching people. You know, we're the richest country in the world, yet people go to bed hungry every night. People don't have shelters over their head every night. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, yeah. unbelievable. What are the plans for the celebration of this year? Are there going to be any big events that folks can join? Yeah, so with the campaign and the centennial, mm -hmm. there are a lot of events. As you mentioned, we started with the Catholic Charities USA National mm -hmm. Gathering in Baltimore in September. Uh, 530 registrants from 85 Catholic Charities from around the country were here. Uh, we began with Archbishop Ori, you know, celebrating a mass at the Basilica. We had an mm -hmm. event at Port Covington. We're also, as part of our celebratory year, we're going to have five community events uh, throughout the Archdiocese. We ha held our first one in Anne Arundel County uh, in October, and then there will be events in Western Maryland, Harford County, um, Baltimore County, and Baltimore City. We're having our first um, symposium. Oh, it'll become an annual symposium on um, on social justice, and that'll be April 20th. Our first symposium, we have uh, Dr. Greer Gordon, who's a Catholic theologian, talking about racism and more actions, how do we address it and racial inequity. Mm -hmm. um, so excited to have her. We're holding it at the Church of Nativity, but it'll be streamlined to dozens of locations, you know, throughout the archdiocese and the state, schools, parishes, and community centers. Because we want this, these symposiums to be catalyst to action. And, you know, action takes place, you know, on your block, in your home, and, uh, you know, locally. So, so, so we're going to start that, and we're very excited about that. And then Dragon Boats will be back? Yes, thank you. As part of our centennial year, um, September 9th, Dragon Boats will be back at the Inner Harbor. And, uh, you know, pandemic uh, stalled Dragon Boats. 
we'll have new dragon boats for our paddlers I this did. year as part of our centennial, so we're very excited about that. Our Christmas concert will be back in 2023 at the Basilica. And, of course, our leadership breakfast takes place every year uh, there as well at, at our Daily Bread. So we're looking, we're looking forward to um, the continuing of our centennial celebration through uh, 2023, and um, it's a real joy. I would also say, as I think about, you know, I'm in my 14th year mm -hmm. here, this work and with Catholic Charities, it's not only serving our neighbor, but it's through accompanying our neighbor that our lives are improved. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a better person today, a better leader, I'm a better neighbor, stronger in my faith, and I've grown. And I think I can say that for all of my nearly 2,000 colleagues mm -hmm. as well. So I think this ministry, like any ministry done well, gives us the opportunity uh, to grow. Our guest today has been Bill McCarthy, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Baltimore. For more information about the agency, visit catholicreview.org or cc-md.org. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Review Radio. Your journey awaits. Guadalupe Radio Network's car raffle starts January 3rd. This luxury car is a beauty. A 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 with a 0 to 60 acceleration of 6.3 seconds. Yet it still logs 36 highway miles per gallon of gas. Safety features include active brake and attention assist. Visit grnonline.com after January 3rd. Raffle tickets are $25 each, 5 for 100. Visit grnonline.com. Help GRN drive home the word of God. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week, available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM, also WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area, and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love. <laughs>